Hello, everyone. Welcome to Peace of Authenticity Podcast. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Jordan. And we are the Andersons. In 2020, the Lord really challenged us on starting our own podcast. And so we invite you to join us on the journey of following Jesus every day. So let's grow together and learn together. What's going on, everybody? Hello. Welcome back. I hope that you guys are ready to dive back into Matthew 25. Yes, and if you have not gotten to listen to our first part of Good Shepherd, make sure and go back and listen to that. Yeah, last episode was called Good Shepherd, and it all comes from Matthew 25, and um, we're going to be diving right back into there because last week we talked about the sheep and the goats, and then this week we're talking about... Sorry, I'm clicking stuff on the computer. And a lot it's of like, tabs. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we were talking about why goats and why sheep mm-hmm. last week. So if you haven't checked that out, go and check that out. But this week we're going to talk about in the parable. So I'm just going to read it. But this week we're going to talk about why to the left and why to the right. Yes. All right. So, so we'll, here's why. Yeah. Okay. So Matthew 25, starting in verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory... And all the angels with him. Then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a sheep or as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Anyway, we'll I'm just, stopping right there. Yeah, yeah we'll stop, stop right, right there, there for now. All right. So that's, yeah, that's what we went over last. That's, yeah. So last week we were talking about why does Jesus specifically use the illustration of sheep and goats? Now, this week we want to touch back on that same section, but say why, what's, what's the significance of to the right Versus to the left. And it's super funny. I feel like it's totally the Lord because I think it was a day before we recorded last week for the Good Shepherd Sheep and Goats. And I was studying the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus Mm -hmm. talks about the right eye. If the right eye causes you to stumble, you know, pluck it out. And I noticed he kept saying things about the right. And then he said the right arm. If the right hand causes you to sin cut right it, you know. eye. yeah all the and I was like why the right though so I've actually been studying right and left before yeah. we even realized we were going to go over um or I even realized there was a right or left in this parable and so it was really interesting mm. because I had already done the studying <laughs> to figure out what right and left look like in that culture and so I was like wow god thank you that was really cool because if you really pay attention when you're reading the word of God, right and left is super significant to them. Um, the right and the left. And there are just so many different aspects of this significance with the right and the left. And so I know we were going to go over a few of them. One of the mm-hmm. first ones is even eating. This is just a, a, a normal one and it might be TMI for you. I don't know. Yeah. But the left hand was usually used for wiping. And I don't mean eating, wiping like your face. I mean, when you go to the restroom you need to use a hand to wipe. Yeah. And back then, I don't know what they used to wipe with. Let's not like think about all that. But yeah. let's say the left hand was a little more dirty 
usually than the right. So people would eat with their right hand. And so whenever they would recline around a table, they would lean on their left arm and eat with their right clean hand. Yeah. So that was a big thing. (laughs) So that was a left and right situation that I was reading about. Well, I think, I think it's safe to say, right, that in this version of the world that we're reading from right now, (laughs) they didn't have sinks around every corner. Yeah. You know, every place that they went didn't have restrooms. No running water. They didn't have Purell Mm -hmm. bottles with them to sanitize their hands. So they designated the left hand as the poop hand and the right hand as the eating hand. And so once you understand just even that little bit, you're like, okay, yeah, I don't want to be on the Lord's poop hand side, you know? Like, <laughs> Is he but, calling me poo-poo? I yeah. don't know. Let's read more. I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so there, there was just even that, that one little significance of just the fact of you eat with this hand yeah. and you, the waste is disposed of. Why are you moving your fingers like you'd be holding a poo poo? Well, because I'm I'm imagining this being a gross hand all day long. You said you just you just rubbed your fingers together. It's weird. It's weird. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, maybe that happened. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, also here's here's the thing from the very beginning, uh, is in Genesis, right? Yeah. Um. Abraham, or no, 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 no. It was this story is about Jacob. Yeah, this story is about mm-hmm. Jacob, who was also the Bible calls Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And um, in Genesis forty-eight, he actually lays his right hand on. It, well, let me just say this: the right hand was symbolic of blessing mm-hmm. one of your sons. Mm-hmm. Like so, whichever one the the blessing, the inheritance was going to. A father would lay his right hand on the eldest son. Which is, son yeah, the oldest. And, yeah. Usually always the oldest son gets the majority of the blessing and inheritance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all the children get a blessing, but usually the right hand is saved for Yeah, the, the right oldest. hand is that. But see, here's here's what's also interesting, though. In, in, that, um, in that story, in Genesis chapter 48, uh, Jacob is actually blessing Joseph's children Mm -hmm. his sons Manasseh and Ephraim Mm -hmm. right so they are they are gonna come and so Jacob goes I'm gonna bless your sons and so the story goes that Jacob actually places his hand his right hand on Joseph's younger and and well it was kind of interesting too because the way Joseph brings his sons up he, he lines it up because Jacob doesn't have good eyesight. So he's like, okay, well, my oldest, I'll make sure he lines up right by Jacob's right hand. Yeah. And then my youngest will line up right by Jacob's left hand. And Jacob actually switches his, his hands. His hands around. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. He literally, like, so he saw well enough to know the oldest is on my right, but I actually want to bless the youngest. So he flips his right and his left. And Joseph wasn't very happy about yeah, it. Yeah, Joseph wasn't happy about it. Because it, the custom, yeah. right, the culture was you bless the older son, you put your right hand on the older son and the left hand on the younger son, and that's just the way things were done. And every person wanted it to be that order, right? Mm-hmm. You want your oldest son to receive the blessing. But I also think that it's very funny because if we all remember, let's let's turn a few pages back in the book of Genesis. Rewind. And we realize that Jacob, Israel, right, in in this 
in this moment, he's the one giving the blessing, but earlier in the book of Genesis, he's the one stealing the blessing, and he was the younger son, Mm -hmm. and he stole the blessing from his brother Esau. If you don't know that story, I want you. To, I want to encourage you to go back and read it because it's incredible. But Joe, John, not Joseph. Jacob actually um, gets steals the blessing from Esau from his father Isaac. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here going, man, isn't it crazy how like terrible degenerative eyesight runs in that family? Because because <laughs> Isaac be Isaac had poor eyesight, yeah. which is why Jacob was able to steal the blessing from Esau. And then here is Jacob further on down the line. It's his turn to deal out the blessing. And he has bad eyesight, but he, he knows enough or he's being led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We don't know. But Jacob is expecting, or uh, Joseph is expecting a little movement just like this where his right hand goes on his eldest son, the, and and uh, Jacob goes, no. He's like, And he switches his hands that's around. That's better. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes even further to tell him, your younger son is going to yeah. be way more prosperous. It's going to be greater. It's going to be greater. Yeah, he even said that word. Mm-hmm. Your younger son is going to be greater than your than your elder son. And it's like, oh my gosh. So what? why, why are we telling that information right now? We're telling that information right now because getting the right hand placed upon your head in this culture is the is the blessing. It's the greatest thing. Yeah. It's a birthright. It's it's something that you look forward to from the time that yeah. you're able to understand what an inheritance is, what a blessing is. You want that right hand placed on your head. Yeah, you definitely do. And if you don't get it, I'm sure that you're mad, just <laughs> like Joseph. You're a little upset. <laughs> um, and something um, I actually wanted to read the scripture with it. Um, the right hand, the right hand signifies strength and the left hand signifies weakness. Okay. And so I really love this scripture that Aubrey found for that. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. And that's Mm. in Ecclesiastes 10 2. And I just thought that was like really powerful and something here. So let me read this. Um, something that I, uh, was researching a few weeks ago, the right hand was a symbol of strength. And the right eye was considered the most valuable, okay? And so it's really interesting because then left-handedness was actually conceived of as a weakness. Mm. Um, even like an issue to where almost um, a little bit handicapped if you're left-handed. That's how they pictured that. So um, it's just very intentional. Like the right hand was meant to bless the firstborn, okay? The greatest, right? And then the left hand would bless the youngest. And it's just like right good, left bad, just kind of like, you know, sheep, good, goats, bad. I won't do my joke again, but I thought about it. But another really interesting thing about the right and the left is the right side of a man is the side on which God marches when assisting him in battle. And so you can find examples of that in Isaiah 63, 12, mm. Psalms 109, 31, 110, 1, and then verse 5, 2 uh, with that, Psalms 110. And it's the right hand even in which God grasps you know, as a symbol of election, which means like I've chosen Israel. He's holding them in his right hand. And that can be found in Isaiah 41, 13, and then 45, 1, and then Psalm 73, 23. Just if you want to look those up and actually see for yourselves, because we don't have the time to read everything. But I just thought that was really, really powerful too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's also important to share the, the historical or the cultural significance of the right versus the left hand, right? We've already said 
that the left hand was used for wiping, the right hand was used for eating, but also um, the like if you wanted to disrespect somebody or you felt like somebody disrespected you, um, I've been told that the the significance is like if somebody disrespects you, you slap them with your left hand, mm-hmm. you backhand your poo, them, your poo hand with, with you with your poo hand. Because you're you like, just, I don't even care. You smack them because by doing that, everybody that is a witness to to what just unfolded, mm-hmm. right? They know that you're basically saying, I think that you are doo doo. And you backhand them with your left hand. Because in this culture, if you punch somebody, like if you close fist punch somebody, then that is basically you admitting that that yeah. you see that person as an equal. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you would see, if you would walk along and you'd see two people fighting and then all of a sudden somebody would get backhanded or, you know, get slapped. And when they slap with the left hand... That is like probably the worst thing that anybody could do. Like to you me. would hear people go, <gasps> yeah, like that when it happened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Was that good acting? Did you see my yeah. face? Thank you. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so now what we want to do after giving you that information about the right and the left, we really want to go through this this parable as a whole, which we'll repeat again is found in Matthew twenty five, and this is. 35 we're gonna read well do you want to start at 31 again or do you just want to go into 35 because we read 31 through 34 at the beginning yeah we can start 35 if you want to okay so yeah we will be reading matthew 25 35 through 46 so this is the rest of that parable right after the king slash shepherd separates the sheep and the goats yeah okay so verse 35 starts out for i was hungry and you gave me food and i was thirsty and you gave me drink I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then in 37, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer to them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And um, that that's just so powerful because there, you know, the Lord's like, You did all this for me, and they're like, I don't I don't remember doing that for you. And it's just so important. The more we're reading through this, the more we realize relationship is so important relationship um actually brings righteousness and righteousness is found in relationship with god relationship with yourself relationship with others and relationship with creation Hmm. and being right in every single four of those not like right and wrong like i'm right you're wrong you know not like that but being righteous in those areas having a right standing in all four of those areas is so important and this one specifically the lord's like if you did something for someone with a heart of overflow with my relationship with you, then you've done it for me. Hmm. And I thought that was so powerful because ultimately we talked about last week, how important the relationship was with the shepherd and the sheep. And right there, the shepherd is telling the sheep, well, you poured into others because of the outpouring of your relationship with me. Hmm. Not because we're trying to force something like we talked a little bit about last week with the, with the goats and, you know, trying to be productive and be useful. Not, not like that because that can come from an agenda driven heart, 
But with this, it's just so beautiful because it's just through an overflow. It's, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, the Christian walk is not effortless, but there's certain aspects of it to where things will just come naturally because you're spending time with the savior. You're spending time with the shepherd Mm. and then it becomes an overflow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, I, I just wanted to say, you know, the, the, the difference is everything in Scripture comes down to the motive of the heart. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Even, even if you break down these verses and you say, you know, when I was naked and you clothed me, mm-hmm. okay? You can, you can be that type of person that will give the shirt off of your back. Yeah. But if you're doing it so that you can be seen doing it or you're doing it so that you know you're you're trying to build up credit for you know i i want to do good deeds so that at the Mm -hmm. end of the day i you know i don't go to hell you know what i'm saying like those those are all those are all things that that change the motive of your heart to i'm doing this because i want something in return Mm -hmm. and what i think is beautiful about this right here is when when Jesus is saying you did this and because you did this you're going to be welcomed into the kingdom right but then their response is lord when did we do those things mm-hmm. because the motive of their heart was not to set out and be seen mm-hmm. by other people they were doing it they saw needs around them and they jumped in and they jumped into action and they did it expecting nothing in return expecting no uh, pats on the back, no praise, no nothing. They, they didn't even realize that they had done it. And so Jesus is saying, that's the motive that I want behind your heart. Mm-hmm. I want you to do things and not even realize that you're doing them. What they were doing was following the shepherd. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, when your mindset isn't like, oh, I better do that for that person. I really need to. And that's what a good Christian would do. Yeah. <sighs> okay. You know, that's <laughs> like, it reminds me of First Samuel whenever the Lord, you know, Samuel's like, well, it has to be one of these sons when he's trying to find a king, you know, mm. with all of David's brothers. And he literally goes through every single brother and David's not even there. And the Lord said, well, no, like, I don't care about the outside. I care about the heart. And so another, another metaphor I just thought of was whenever, um, I I can't remember if it was Jesus that said this, but the whitewashed tombs, is that Jesus or was, okay. I couldn't, I couldn't remember if that was Jesus or Paul, but just the fact of we care so much of what the outside looks like, but is it dirty and icky and bad intentions on the inside? And then it looks effortless and beautiful on the outside. Like there's such a difference because the Lord pays attention to the heart. We always look on the outside. That's just yeah. what we naturally do because we're flesh and bone. Because we're goats. We just look. Yeah, mostly we're goats. And we look at the outside. And But I just <clears throat> I just love so much because I was reading in, in Matthew, actually, um, or John. Either way, one or the other. It was one of the Gospels. And Jesus was talking about how he's the good shepherd. And then he started talking about the false Uh, teachers and false prophets you'll be able to tell who they are by their fruit is what jesus said Mm. and then you know by the fruit the lord then took me to the fruits of the spirit and i want to read those actually um it's just so good i'm oh i wrote a lot okay here's the fruits of the spirit i want to get them all right love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control. I'm telling you, every single one of these fruits can't truly be 
shown on the outside unless it's happening on the inside. It really can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone can pretend all day they have the patience, but ultimately, if they don't really, it's going to show. You can tell when someone's trying to be patient, but you're like, they are about to explode. Like You can just see it. And so I think that's so beautiful that the Lord is like, you will recognize by the fruit. And by the fruit, I always used to think, oh, they're good works, they're good deeds. No, the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Like, I just thought that was so cool. And it was this morning when the Lord showed me that. And I was just like, wow, I look for the wrong fruit a lot and figure that somebody's at the right place just because, you know, they give this much a month to this organization or, you know what I mean? They, they pay this much money for little kids in Africa to get food, which is amazing. Right. But if you're just doing it because you feel like that's just what a good Christian would do, then you might want to check yourself. Well, I, I think that, you know, we, we have to come to the realization that most of the time walking in righteousness does not come first nature. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, we don't we don't necessarily want to do it. So there are some times where we will struggle, and oh, we'll yeah. have to you know we'll have to tell ourselves, oh, no, I need to do this because this is what you the know, Lord told to me do. to do. Yeah, it's what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. Um, and so there are going to be those moments. But what what I think is beautiful about the parable that we're talking about right now in in Matthew 25 is. It feels to me like Jesus is talking about these individuals on the right as people that no longer struggle to do the right thing because they didn't even know that they were doing the right thing because they were just following Jesus the whole time. And it was like, oh, cool. I just fell into something. I'm doing something good and I don't even know it. You know what I mean? Like, so like you can sit back and you can weigh things. And, you know, I've been in the midst of situations where I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I, I could go either way. You know, but then eventually we'll kind of pick whichever way is easiest for us, mm-hmm. whichever way is better for us. Um, but you're right. I think it. I think that the the important thing to understand is the container that you you put fruit in. Like you can you can build a nice container, mm-hmm. but if the fruit's rotten, eventually yeah. you're going to open it up and be like, oh my gosh. Or you know, um, a lot of people kind of you know I've, I've heard this saying so many times is you got fake it until you make it right mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here going I don't think that's right you know that because, creates a whole lot of goats yeah it creates a whole lot of goats <laughs> because you got a bunch of people that are like oh I, I just got to do this because you know I'm, I'm suffering I'm suffering for Jesus or like oh this is just what I know that I'm supposed to do and I'm not saying that the Lord's not going to take you through some stretching seasons and everything like that but Ultimately, what Jordan was reading about the fruits of the Spirit, those are what should be evident. Mm-hmm. And those only come from being in right standing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't, 100%. You can't fake self-control. No. You can't, you can't fake um, you know, righteousness and kindness and gentleness. I mean, you can, you can go so far, but when, when people see behind the curtain... At, at the real wizard, they're going to go, okay, this this fruit is very fake. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what I just believe is beautiful about this passage that we're reading is that the people that he's talking to, they have no idea mm-hmm. that they're on the right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they have no idea. And they're like, but wait, when did this happen? And Jesus is like, trust me, you're on the right side. That's where I hope to be. Mm. That's where I want to be is where I stop looking for opportunities 
that that make me look good for the cause of Christ. And I just begin to act and move and shift and, and I get positioned to be a blessing to other people. And I have no idea what it is I'm even doing. Mm. And then all of a sudden one day the Lord's like, man, or or maybe um, you know, a long time from now that somebody else comes back up to you and is like, Hey, you remember when you did this little thing for me along that changed everything. And it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know in that moment that me doing this little bitty thing, something that I see as so like maybe even you forget that you did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then you're just going, this is what it feels like to be on the right. Yeah. Because whenever you're just doing things from overflow, you don't keep record. Mm. Right? I would guess that. I think I think it's it's crazy too, right? Because Paul tells us in Corinthians that love keeps no record of wrongs, mm. right? So, if love keeps no record of wrongs, I don't think it should keep score of rights either. Mm-hmm. And so, when you literally just walk into love, you don't hold on to things that people have done to you, and you don't hold on to things that you've done right for other people, and go well. That person is just ungrateful for what yeah. I did for him. Then both create bitterness. Right. Both sides of that equation. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I was actually reading a whole different scripture, but this all is connecting in my mind right now. So sorry if I seem like a little. I was looking. I was like, Are you kidding me? Like reading my notes from <laughs> some of the stuff. Everything Jesus says connects to everything else that he said. I'm noticing. Mm. But something that. Um, I really love, which is totally what we're talking about, being a sheep and being, you know, separated from the sheep and the goats, is that we need to be humble in spirit and recognize that we need someone to help us to be righteous. We can't be righteous in and of our actions. And so we need a savior. So we follow the ultimate righteous one, the shepherd. We follow him as sheep because we don't know how to do it. Yeah. We don't know. We have to follow in the footsteps of the shepherd and just keep going with our head down and just following him. And by our head down, I mean, you know how sheep, they watch where they're stepping. Because that lamp, right? The lamp is a light into my feet. And it only shines the next step and the next step. And then usually the Lord's not like, listen, I'm going to give you a 10-year plan. I mean, if he did for you, that's great. Don't second guess that. Okay, if he told you that. But like, <laughs> usually the Lord's like, I'm going to give you a little bit here, take a step. Give you a little bit here, take yeah. a step. And you're just going. And you don't realize, you know, out of the overflow of your time with him that you're like, helping other people like you don't realize it most Mm -hmm. of the time sometimes you will as long as you don't shout it from the rooftops because that's your reward which is what jesus also said about the pharisees because they'll be like giving people stuff in front of everybody and they're like oh i hope he liked that hand clap because that's his reward (laughs) yeah it's it's like you know if if you want your reward to be earthly only Mm -hmm. you know you you sit there and just let oh yeah let everybody know what you're doing but I think that um, it was it was kind of crazy what what you're talking about a second ago because we're we're literally following the teachings of Jesus right now and this this what I'm about to say might wreck a lot of people's theology oh, or, no. or 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 maybe maybe um, the way you grew up um, listening to pastors or teachers or whatever but here's here's one thing that I know to be true okay I know this to be true Jesus is the shepherd. I am just a sheep, mm-hmm. right? So my job is to walk 
and watch his footsteps. I have heard countless sermons time and time again about people needing to be like David and taking on your giants and, you know, just grab your slingshot. And dude, listen, that's a cool story. I'm not, I'm not going to knock that story. I love that story. Or, you know, they're talking about, you know, Samson killing thousands of Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Listen, I, I would like to dive further into that, but I'm not going to right now. But see, everybody looks at all these Old Testament characters. But here's one thing that Jesus taught over and over and over again. I'm the good shepherd. You are sheep. You follow me. So my job is to walk in the footsteps and in the path of the master. I am not supposed to mirror my life like David and be throwing rocks at everybody. I'm actually supposed to be being like Jesus. And when Jesus says that, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, you turn and you give them the other one. If someone takes you to court to sue you for your... uh, your tunic. If someone takes your shirt. Yeah, if someone takes your shirt, then you give them your cloak too. And we want to dive further into those illustrations later on in the podcast as well. Um, but the, the, the simple fact of the matter is the people that are going to be positioned on the right are not going to be setting out every day going, I got to just do everything I can to be on the right side. They're not going to be that. They're going to be the people that literally recognize themselves as sheep and they say, my job as a follower of Jesus, listen, if we were supposed to be like David, we wouldn't be called Christians. Mm-hmm. We'd be Davidians, uh, we'd be and we Davidians. know all about them. Yeah, yeah. That's if not you've heard about, about them. <laughs> yeah, we've heard about them. But see, here's the thing. Jesus gave, is inviting us into an opportunity to follow and be just like him. So if Jesus didn't do it, then I'm not supposed to do it, right? And yeah. like even even when Peter goes up and cuts Malchus's ear off, Jesus says no and picks it up and heals the dude's ear back. The, the people that you, like there's two different teachings in this thing, right? Okay, so last week we talked about the sheep and the goats. Understanding that I am supposed to be a sheep. I'm supposed to be a sheep. And now it's going, okay, I'm supposed to be on the right side, but you're telling me I'm not supposed to know that I'm on the right side. It's because if you're truly following the master, you're on the right side. You just don't know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's something, too, like there's so many things in the world right now. I really do believe the Holy Spirit is calling us to step up and speak against certain things, you know. And yeah. But I would just not pick every battle yourself, and I would pray to the Lord and be like, this has really been tugging at my heartstrings. Is this my flesh with anger, or is this you calling me to do to stand up and say something? Is it you calling me to give to this organization? Is it you calling me to do something? Because the thing is, our feelings will take us and run. Yeah. Um, anger, um, like spitefulness, things like that, like vengeance, you know? Because there are some things in the world, obviously, that are not okay, right? But the Lord says, vengeance is mine. And so let's pray to the Lord. Let's ask the Lord what we're supposed to do instead of like our first reaction to jump up and be like, this is wrong. And I'm going to tell everybody in the world because sometimes like Malchus, he got his ear cut off by Peter because obviously what they were doing to Jesus was wrong. They were arresting Jesus for doing nothing, but it wasn't Peter's place to cut off Malchus's ear. Mm -hmm. And Jesus let him know that in the moment. 
you know and so i think we just have to have that discernment and be able yeah. to hear the voice of the shepherd because the sheep hear the shepherd's voice and know when to step up yeah. and you know do those things yeah. as a sheep yeah I, I think i think it's important to understand that when when jesus says in the sermon on the mount that if somebody slaps you in your right cheek offer them the other one that's not a sissy thing to do mm-hmm. that that means you stand your ground and, and you just say, okay, you want to slap? You want to slap here? Okay, here you go. I'm not running from you. I'm yeah. not scared of you, right? It's not, it's not saying just roll over or just, oh, if somebody slaps you, run away so that you, so, so that you don't cause any conflict. It's not that. It's saying yeah. stand your ground, but expect to get hit. And when you get hit, offer them the other, the other cheek because at the end of the day, that is what glorifies the Lord. And that's, I think that was really interesting that Jesus says to do, because what that would do, if I was the slapper, I put myself in that situation. Mm. If I slap someone, I would expect like, oh my God, why would you do that? Right. But then if they turn the other cheek for me to slap them, I would, I would stop and it would make me think about what I just did and why I did it. And if it would really make me second guess myself it would turn the tables for sure it would and that's what jesus did with everything if someone's like jesus what is this he wouldn't say this is what it is he would say well what do you think it is or let me give you this story and then Mm. you can so it's almost like every single thing that jesus did it made people second guess it made people think like oh my gosh maybe maybe i should have oh you know like really think about what they asked or what they did and and so I think that that was really interesting because I've never put myself in the slapper situation I just put myself in I don't know if I can give the other cheek because the other one would be burning and I wouldn't want my other one to hurt and also my pride would be hurt and all this stuff (laughs) but I just think that's really interesting because it really makes the purpose the person second guess themselves like uh oh oh (laughs) yeah well it it goes back to when if if they set out to slap you right they're setting out to slap you you're you're literally it, it's a form of saying like they're trying to disrespect you mm-hmm. right but it goes back to for those who are in Christ we are supposed to die daily yeah. to the things of the flesh and so it's it's kind of always like you can't offend a dead man mm-hmm. you can't disrespect a dead man mm-hmm. to those that are alive in Christ they are dead to the flesh so what can man do to me mm-hmm. and if something does like upset you that's just an invitation to talk to the Lord about it oh yeah um, oh yeah and I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm not saying it's easy I mean no. if, if somebody <laughs> walked up to me at you know at the mall or something and just slapped me I'm like I'm uh, if I'm not prayed up at that moment like I might do something about it but the thing is, is setting yourself up. Jesus warned us in advance. For those of you that are followers of me, this world will hate you. Mm-hmm. This world will. So why why does it surprise anybody that a follower of Christ, that the world is turning against and they're trying to set you up for failure? They're trying to lie about you. They're trying to do all these things to make you look bad is mm-hmm. because if you are a true follower of Jesus and you are standing on the right, right? You're standing on the right side, which where all of us sheep want to be, you should expect mm-hmm. assault. And, and you don't have to defend yourself. Yeah. Because that's what the Lord does. You just keep doing you. I almost said, keep doing you, boo. But 
I won't, Boo-boo. even though I did. Yeah. But I want to say one more thing that was really cool in this parable is that it started off saying, you know, the Lord is the king, you know, sitting on his throne. And then after the separation of sheep and goats, it says they will separate, the king will separate the sheep and the goats like a shepherd. So I just saw this connection, obviously, Jesus, king, shepherd, David was king, shepherd. You know, you see some of these things, some of these connections. And I found this information that was really interesting, too, is that a scepter, which the ancient kings usually had with them, it actually has the origin from the shepherd's rod. And so I just Mm. thought that was so cool because that's a king's job to lead his people. Um, and that's what a shepherd does, but usually kings are filled with a lot of pride and things like that, but not, not our king, not our shepherd. He leads us, um, in humility. He leads us in meekness, but he's also full of power and authority. And I just loved that connection. Here's, I think that, you know, closing this, closing this up right now, I think that here's, here's the, the most powerful thing that any of us can remember. If you are in a position of leadership, just like the, the Bible paints a king as a shepherd right shepherd and king it's 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 all the same this the king's scepter looks like a shepherd's you know shepherd's rod and it's meant to be that way on purpose because it's it's meant for you to know that i am the shepherd i am taking ownership of the people that are under me whether you're in business whether you um any anywhere that you might be in authority over other people if you will keep this in the back of your mind that I am here to serve these people servant leadership is huge right now in the leadership cultures a lot of different motivational speakers are talking about Mm -hmm. servant leadership but that's not the original idea the original idea is all the way back in the Bible Mm -hmm. where Jesus teaches us that so if we can remember that that Whoever wants to lead must first learn to serve. You have to learn to serve just like you have to learn to lead. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to lead and they don't want to serve. Mm -hmm. And that is where it comes down to, am I going to be a sheep or am I going to be a goat? Am I going to be on the right or am I going to be on the left? And each one of us has to sort out our own salvation, what the Bible says, with fear and trembling. Because we have to learn to be sheep it doesn't come naturally Mm-mm. i mean i mean after a while it will after a lot of work <laughs> yeah hopefully that's the goal but listen um i hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as well uh, i hope that you kind of got some illustrations as to what it means to be on the right what it means to be on the left we want to do this because not only did we learn this stuff in israel but also I hope that through this, your Bible study time is more rich. It's more full because you understand that every segment of the Bible can be broken down and more details can be brought out in the story. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't want to just be on this journey by ourselves. We want to bring yeah. everybody on board with us. And so I hope that your time with the Lord is more rich. I hope that you read scripture with new lenses that you're able to pick apart pieces like this and go, why sheep? Why goats? Why left? Why right? And just ask more questions. And as you do that, I sincerely believe that the Holy Spirit will lead you down a path of showing you exactly what in you needs to be changed 
in order to fit more of like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal. Let's be like Jesus. Just be like Jesus. It's easy. Just kidding. (laughs) It's easy. It's not. But anyway, thank you guys um, for tuning in with us. We'll, We'll see you right here next week. Same time, same place. We'll see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.